everyone. Welcome to DBC Pod, the Mandalorian bonus episodes. Uh, this is Jason Dodge, and with my broadcast partner, Phil Schoen, with us. Phil, this is a couple days later than normal. Are yes. Recording this? We're recording this on a... Is today Sunday? It is Sunday, yes. I know, Sunday. your days are... You probably lost all track of, of days with everything you got going on, but yeah, it is Sunday. I've bought and sold a house, moved in somewhat, and it's a couple days later. In any case, this is chapter. Oh, what what chapter is this? I'm so like, it's I'm lost fifteen overall. It's episode seven of season two. There we go. So we just watched the Mandalorian pick up um, Bill Burr's character from a junkyard, which I really liked. I liked the um, the imagery of it. The prison mm-hmm. robot was really awesome. He just kept repeating himself, like just like any other prison guard type of thing right especially if it was a robot it would just clearly just here's what i'm programmed to do so yeah exactly uh you got to see the inside of sleep one which we've never seen before other than the cockpit which is really cool that was really cool to see how it like rotated and everything because it is a a unique ship and how it kind of takes off and lands. so i was kind of jacked about the star wars nerd in me was psyched about oh yeah i mean like (laughs) you you normally only see him like in his cockpit whether he's either facing up but like these it looked like you know had some kind of gravity yeah not gravity stuff, but like gyro elements to it. I don't know. It seemed like it was always balanced in the back rather mm-hmm. than the cockpit. Um, okay, so not much happened in this episode other than some kind of shaping up the last episode of the season. Um, I made a comment early on that, oh, the, the, he's just ready to go. Like I, we thought last week, this was it was going to be like a rescue episode. Yeah, we thought the bulk of this would be to get get Mayfield out, but then they kind of did a twist on that and got him right away. So it was more than what what they needed him for, which was good that they they explained why they wanted him. Which you know, I was kind of questioning. Other than knowing that he was Imperial, I was like, okay, you know, what why specifically him? But at least they they sort of explained that pretty well. I thought there was a lot of hand waving, right? Yeah. So. The, them just going with Caradun and just picking him up, right, makes sense because she has access. He's not a really big, yeah. like, inmate type of person. It does kind of show, though, how how the, uh, the New Republic is a little ragtag, though, that I guess this person who's just made marshal is able to, like, no problem walk in and take a prisoner, you know, with no questions asked. So Right. I mean, there's that point. But there's also the point where, like, he's not, like, some super important. Like, right, sure. Ex Imperial. Yeah. So, like, any guy that, any person has a badge and confidence could probably walk in and say, I just want this rinky dink prisoner. Okay, mm-hmm. fine. I don't, you don't really care. It's not like, you know, they captured Gideon and he's in prison. Like, some, you know, Marshall's just going to walk right, in and sure. work out with Gideon, right? So, that makes sense to me. That, that, to me, I'm like, oh, in the real world, if you had credentials, they were legit. They, some, you know, you know, droids or, humans that were just running the place would be like it's not my job okay you have the credentials cool you know yeah take care see you later what i still question is ultimately he he gave them mayfield gave them a coordinates of a random planet where they can find a random little computer desktop in an officer's mess and all you had to do was scan your face put in a little stick and hit a couple buttons and that's all you need to do did they really need Mainfield for that? Well, I guess whatever. Yeah, I don't know if there's anything on the stick that gave him access or just if, if there was something he told them to how to do it. But yeah, 
it definitely seemed like it was just means to an end and more about character development of Mando than the actual what the details of the plot were. I mean, I, I don't I don't mind Mayfield. I love Bill Burr's character, right? Like mm-hmm. it's awesome. I love the adventure that we had with him. He was like what what seemed to me a loss was you had Bill Burr, Mayfield, great character development. You heard about the history, you got little little behind the scenes of what it's like to be a trooper and like, you know, guys on the ground and you know, he wasn't a trooper back then in, in the, the incident that they were talking about, but you kind of got a sense of, you know, the everyday person type of thing. It's like the, um, oh gosh, what, what's, what's the, uh, movie from the early nineties, late eighties, um, where they talk about the, 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 uh, the, the deaths are blowing up and all the, Oh, oh wait, clerks. Yeah. Clerks. clerks. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, and I mean, he kind of got that feeling, but actually non-comedic. Yeah, (laughs) I thought it was pretty good. And he kind of be like, you know, officer versus ground troop type of person, right? And um, you know, I got, I got like that world building. It was nice. You got to see an officers just like kind of hanging out, drinking, you know, talking about old times type of thing. Yeah, Um, I I liked. I made a note here about. the new Republic is weak and we're growing stronger. They're eventually going to turn to us. I mean, like right. typically that's what fascists always think. Right. right. Um, but again, good uh, world. Building. Yeah. And gave a little bit more color as to, I guess a little bit what their plan was with, you know, wanting the Redonium to cause more chaos and create, you know, more need for them to call out. So similar to like what the empire did and with operation cinder and stuff like that. So give a little bit more, like you said, background and story as to what the mm-hmm. empire is looking to do out there. At this time. So, wh- what do you think about the new stormtrooper outfits, outfits, uniforms? Yeah, there were a lot of different ones. I don't know if it was just they had specific ones because of the planet they were on. You know, it was kind of a jungle planet, so they had some of those that maybe fit that, or if it was just they're cobbling together whatever they have left. Um, so I don't know. It's interesting though that there are so many different types, and even in um, you know, that added a little bit of realism too when they got in. You know, when once they made it into the building, and there were all those different types. You know, some people that looked like they were just you know sort of factory workers, and some low level uh, uh, executives and and, and and superiors, and and then a lot, all the different types of stormtroopers. It, it kind of made it more real versus getting in there and just you know it's eight hundred people in the exact same white right. armor. You know, so the the transport troopers have we seen those uniforms before? So the design seems very familiar to me. I can't yeah, I think there's either been, I don't know if it's the same or we they've had similar in some of, in, in Rebels or Clone Wars, but I'm not sure if they've ever been in, in kind of the main movies. I, they have definitely not been the main movies. I, I'm, I'm, I could have sworn I've seen them in like a video game in or a comic been, yeah. or something like that. They look familiar. Though tan ones that look mm-hmm. like the, they're shaped almost like the, speeder bike troopers from mm-hmm. like uh jedi jedi yeah. look really cool um some of them look like they were just like breastplates and a helmet type of thing yeah which i thought was kind of neat is more like what you would expect rather than a shiny stormtrooper outfit like the white ones right right i thought it was pretty good um another thing that i commented on was and, and we're just going over details that i've noticed in my notes not the overall plot but um it sounded like there was like an officer with a almost southern accent yeah did I, did I, that was weird yeah they do that a lot um if you notice like some of the officers and and the, the idea of 
well, you know, how he wants to control. I mean, it's almost to try to convey that he's like a Southern plantation owner type thing. Yeah. I think they use the accents to sort of convey that a little bit. And they've, they've used that in, um, in a lot of Westerns too, because you see people, you know, this was clearly trying to go, you know, model after the Western and almost like a stagecoach mm-hmm. robbery and stuff like that. So it sort of fit with that. Um, so I think they were, they did that on purpose to kind of convey that, that theory, but it is always interesting when you hear the, uh, the different accents in Star Wars, you know, why do some people have like British accents and some have Southern accents but, and stuff like that. But they've, haven't they've always had British accents? Or just like mean, like stern, yeah. Amer- English or American accents, I right? Say. Right. But I've never heard like a. When I say American, I mean like I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't need people tweeting at me that Southern <laughs> real Americans, all that other stuff that can go with it. Just, it's just like I've never heard of like a Southern accent with like calling people son, like you know he he called you know the trooper son constantly. It was just yeah. I don't want to say it's weird, but it was just like. Not out of place either, but like, because obviously officers would have different accents because they're being pulled from a lot of different, different planets and stuff, yeah. right? I don't know that's that just kind of stood out to me as something like, huh? I want to, I want to note this. Um, okay, so overall, Phil, what did you think of the episode? So overall, I mean, obviously, for bucketing these different episodes, this one would fall into the filler type episode. There wasn't a lot of plot development, really. Um, you know, not too much advanced from last time to this one, other than now knowing, you know, Moff, Moff Gideon's location, he's his current location. Um, but but what I like in their filler episodes, they usually focus more on character development, and I think we got a lot of that, especially for Mando, and kind of just in general, the whole yep. question of, you know, kind of right and wrong, and, and who's, you know, that sometimes that's just your point of view, uh, where you were born impacts, you know. Your well, let me challenge like you. Okay. Let me cha- let me challenge you on Mando's character development. Did we really get character development other than he cares about the child? Well, I think that's that's all part of this story. Is that now we're, and at least that's the way I'm looking at it. We're leading into the final episode, which is that the final battle, and we've gone on this journey with him—not just the physical journey, but also his emotional journey as he's starting to learn there's more out there, and he's now not just kind of as a bounty hunter com- completing his mission. You know, even at the beginning of this episode, he was taking Grogu to a Jedi because that's what he was kind of tasked to do, not because he thought it was necessarily the right thing to do. It was what he was tasked to do. But now I think he's doing it more because obviously he has a connection to the child and um, obviously he's bonded with him, but also because I think he's learning, you know, you have this what's right and wrong in the larger sense and you have to, I don't know, I was, I was talking to, to my wife a little bit about this. I think he's learning more. It's the, uh, the spirit of the law, not the letter of the law. And so I think that's where it, what he's getting at. We've kind of come along on a journey with him, and obviously that was most symbolic by being willing now to take his helmet off and, and show his face. Under. We'll be back after a quick break. Blast off with Space Vacation the Musical as the Bloom family from the bright yellow planet takes a wild, weird, and wonderful intergalactic summer vacation. With original songs and stellar comedy, their trip goes delightfully haywire. Fun and adventure for all ages. Space Vacation the Musical on all podcast platforms now. Subscribe today. Yeah, I was just going to see if I could bring you to that point and you got there before me. 
I mean, I, the only character development I saw was the fact that he was w- willing to overcome the, I don't know, the principles of his mm-hmm. Mando religion, whatever the right. cult, the group, or what the following, whatever, yeah, the watch, whatever you want to yeah. call it. So, um, you know, he's he's willing to see beyond what he was taught, which was cool, right? So that's character development in its own right. Um, but yeah, I mean, my overall impression of the episode, you know. Again, I'm thrilled anytime I see really good Star Wars. It was a nice little 30-minute like Star Wars story, right? There's yep. stormtroopers, there's imperial decor, people were getting shot, and there was a breakout and stuff like that. It was great. I liked it. Yeah. I just think that you could have distilled that down a lot more and not necessarily needed all of that yeah. to go through, but then I don't know what else, what else you would have done with your time. So... You know, if if I'm if I'm, I don't I don't I don't want to rate these episodes because they're they're all fun stuff. But like right. I I'm, I'm I think you could have taken half of the episode time for the one from like what was it a few weeks ago when they were um, breaking into the other Imperial bunker, mm-hmm. or whatever you want to call it, and then half of this episode breaking in and kind of combine the two in time, and then you would have a whole other episode worth of you know other things, right? I mean, there, there's a couple. This is the second time in, in in three or four weeks where they basically they went to Tython rather than adventuring to Tython. It just appeared in the other storyline. They have to break out Mayfield, and it just happened in like you know the first two minutes. So these guys aren't afraid of skipping the progression of these characters mm-hmm. to get to the point. But I'm just really curious on what they choose to kind of dwell on to tell the story. Right, because what's the story of this episode? There, there's no story. It's just like we found where Gideon ship is. Yeah, I think that that from a plot standpoint, it's they they need, they wanted to find where Moff Gideon was, and they did. That, I mean, that's it. Like it, it obviously could have been done in a lot quicker if they just hit on those points. So to your point, what they were focusing on was, you know, I mean, the the title of the episode is the Believer, and so I think it's kind of focusing on why do you believe what you believe, and is it you know, where you were born and what you were raised to do, and and all those sorts of things, um, or is it? You know, do you believe in, in doing what's right and what's good? And you know, I think the but whole idea of being able knew- to sleep at night and that sort of thing. Yeah, but we already knew that uh, Din was going to go after the child, right? He was going to, mm-hmm. you know, give away who he was to save this person that he's bonded with, right. this child that he bonded with. We got a lot of character development of Mayfield. Mm-hmm. But now he's just wandering off into the desert. Yeah. It's like, you know, you got a sense that potentially they could be, you know, I, I mentioned this during while we were watching the episode, that they're building like a Dungeons and Dragons party, right? You've got, <laughs> you know, the warriors, the rogues, the thieves, like, you know, this, like there's people with roles that are building mm-hmm. a crew. And I, I, if you asked me last week, they're going to get Mayfield and add him to the crew, so he's going to add like another skill set to go rescue the child. I would say, yep, that they're going to posse up and they're going to go off and do another thing. But he left him and he's gone. Yep. So, you know, they the crew, you know, the Magnificent Seven. Some people were saying on the internet, like, you know, they they were they wanted to get like they were even saying this last season too, where Mandalorian's going to get a whole you know group of people together and it's going to be like his party as part of like you know right. lord of the rings party like you know they build up a crew of people to go save the world type of thing and yeah. the avengers or whatever exactly but they're not they're not doing that 
Bilberg's gone. Cardoon's probably going to go away too because she's not really needed, but she's probably going to stick around anyway to save the kid, so yeah. to speak. And then you got Fett, which is great. So let, let's let's hang on Boba Fett for a while. He looked pretty awesome. He cleaned up his armor a little bit. Yeah, a nice matte paint job and looked really good. And I, I think you know you you mentioned during the episode that his his sight thing on his helmet looked new and stuff like that. So he's definitely been uh, spending some time with the armor. Um, upgrading it and refreshing it. And I I really like what they did. Like last week, he looked like he had a little tiny piece of armor and he's just kind of wearing it. And mm-hmm. this week, he was he once right off the ship. It was just like he it, the armor fits him now. Yeah. Like the costume was really well done. It looks like, you know, it's nice and shiny and new. It fits his physique and his build. Obviously, he's been lifting for the last 10 years or five years or whatever it was when he was in the Sarlacc pit. So that looked really good. I also like how he wasn't really showcased in the episode, right? Because you expect him to start stealing the show. Right. Because he's probably still the most famous Mandalorian, even though maybe after this yeah. season he might be the second most famous. Yeah. But um, Yeah, and that was actually one thing that I heard people commenting about this episode, which was one thing that was nice was it was very focused on, on Mando, on Din Djarin. Whereas the last episode, obviously, that he was part of it, but he was knocked out for part of it. You know, there's obviously everything going on with Grogu and then mm-hmm. um, uh, Fennec and Boba Fett were kind of the bigger parts of last episode. So it was nice to get back to uh, an episode where he is the focus of it. And obviously, you know, he's the the Captain America or whatever, the leader of the Avengers that's you know going to take us into next episode. So it was good to kind of refocus it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, I don't think they were ever going to make the, the mistake of making Boba Fett the center of attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they toyed, I, I think the rumors were they were toying with his own series, which is probably what led to the Mandalorian in the first place. Right. Probably behind the scenes, who knows? But um, I, I I think that they, they made a good choice by allowing Boba Fett being a secondary character mm-hmm. or, or supporting character, I guess to the Mandalorian because it's it's his show obviously. Right, right, right. So at the end of the episode we got a nice threatening voicemail from <laughs> Mando to Gideon. Yeah. And right. a couple things that were in did you notice Gideon's reaction? What was Yeah, well if you if you notice that was the exact same speech Gideon gave in episode seven last season to to Mando when he was outside that the Oh, was it? It was word for word. It was word for word, the speech. So I don't know if Mando just has a really good memory or whatever, but it was like word for word, that same speech. So it was kind of, it was neat too, because it was sort of role reversal, right? In the last, last season, Moth thought he was in the position of power when he gave that speech. And now Mando's pushing it back on him. Like, no, no, I know where you are. I'm coming to get you. I'm giving you this warning. Be ready. It sort of rhymes. Yeah. So I kind of I kind of like that, that famous uh, quote from George Lucas, right? It's like poetry. Yes, rhymes. <laughs> it's like poetry. Um, I I liked I liked how he presented himself. It was threatening. He's coming for him. I just think like it's going to be such a silly episode that there's going to be a ragtag crew of what four four people. Well, we'll see. I mean, I get, I think that that's kind of the big speculation is 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 it, is it just those four? Are they also going to get uh, a griefed? Are they going to go get Bo Katan? Are they going to, you know, who are they going to get? Because I, you know, it, it does seem like that's not enough <laughs> to go get them. No. Um, so I guess, you know, I don't know if that's going to be part of the episode or 
guess the way it's going now, they'll just automatically they'll just be there at the beginning of the episode. Right. Oh yeah, we stopped, we picked them up. Like okay, well that that's the point. Like yeah. you know, I you have suspected that they were going to take this episode to build the crew to go after Gideon. Like they would spend like the maybe the first ten minutes to get the coordinates and run right. away, and then oh, we're going to need help because they were going to decipher the information like, oh, he's on a cruiser. We can't do this with five people or four people. This is what we need, so let's go get more people. But nope, he's going to have a party, and then they're just going to be like, all right, here we go. Because they have to dedicate, if there's going to be a confrontation between Mandalorian and Gideon, him with his Darksaber, and did with his, you know, Beskar spear and Big giant spear. I don't know what you want to call it as far as a weapon type, but like spear, I guess, whatever, right? Bow staff, quarter staff, whatever it is. Um, they're going to have a fight. And then obviously Mandalorian is going to win because Mandalorian's not dying because he has a season three that's already right. in the works. Like, you know, he, he's going to be there. And they're not, I, I, I don't see them getting rid of Grogu at this point, right? No. As a character. Because he's intricate to like everything, he, he sells the most merchandise. Right now, I did say this about you know the Razor Crest too, <laughs> and a week later it's gone. Yeah, but I, well, don't think I mean, I, I think he could also win and not die, or lose and not die. You know, I think this could be you know it's the second season. It could be the the Empire type movie where it ends on you know to quote Clark, Clerks again, it ends on a downer. Um, where you know maybe he doesn't really get Grogu back. Maybe there's some advancement, and he you know damages Gideon and finds out more about the plot and stuff. But they don't really fully succeed. And that I see. I don't. I don't different. know about that. So, so let, let's let's think. Like where where are they going to go with the with season three? Right? Are they going to? I very much doubt that they're going to have another season where the big bad is Gideon and they're going to avoid him and all this other stuff. Right? Are, are we? Is this show forever about chasing Gideon? He's always going to be the bad guy. So he's always going to escape. He's always going to do something. Or yeah. are they going to take his character and ultimately, like, he either slinks off and runs away, he's permanently hurt, or he dies, or something. But like, we're we're coming down to an ultimate confrontation to get back the child, Grogu, mm-hmm. and. You know, are you going to have a cliffhanger of like where what Grogu is going to be type of thing over a whole two, whole year? I mean, does yeah. that really entice fans to want to get to season three? Because it's going to be all right. We got another season where you get in. He's going to get the kid. I got to sit through all this. Again. Well, no, I, I mean it definitely needs to build from there. It can't just be that right. he gets away in that. I mean, obviously, we still also have whoever Grogu talked to when he was on the stone. So does a some. Some Jedi right. show up next episode. You know, maybe that's the cliffhanger at the end. You know, he, he's not able to get him back this time, but then it's good point. You know, a Jedi shows up, so that's the main plot for next year. I don't know, um, but yeah, no, I, I agree. It has to build. It can't just be like, okay, well now we're going to do the same thing we tried to do this time again, but you have to wait a year. Um, it's going to have to build and have some sort of climax that makes you anticipate the next season as something bigger. Obviously, this season built off of what was season one, so it'll have to keep progressing. Yeah, I mean, I don't we'll see, see them. Yeah, no, for sure. I don't see them basically 
Gideon is the bad guy every single season. He always manages to escape, or he manages to, you know, outthink Mandalorian and flee. And like, and then next next year, we we'll see what kind of predicaments Gideon puts him in himself next, and how the Mandalorian helps it. And it's just like we don't, we don't. I don't want that show's kind of dumb too. <laughs> yeah. Then it, then it becomes like a sitcom and not like a you know an epic journey type of thing. So next year they have to have. I think next year, next season. Do you have to have a new plot, right? It's got to be searching. The Empire's squeezing in on him, or maybe explores, you know, a non-Republic, non-Imperial kind of timeline. Right. I don't know. What do you think? Where, where are we going to go next week? Are we going to have the ultimate conversation with Gideon? I don't know. I mean, part of me doesn't want it just to be like, oh, well, Gideon was actually secretly working for someone the whole time, and ha, ha, ha. Like, it kind of would be nice if Gideon is, like, the big bad for the Mando show, but for something has to make it realize that he's bigger than we thought he was. And maybe he has a bigger fleet or something with the, you know, what I assume we're going to see more with the dark troopers and stuff like that, or mm-hmm. something with, you know, maybe the Dr. Pershing was able to do something now that he's had Grogu and we see. Oh, that's a good that, point. You know, them injecting that into Gideon or into somebody else. And all of a sudden somebody had inherited force power. I don't know. Um, well, you know, that's, that's it. Yeah. You, you hit the nail on the head right there. It's like, okay, Gideon is just like now a mastermind imperial moth right now, right? Like right. He, or and he's just he's he's got his stuff, he's going after the occult, quote unquote, right, with the force. Mm-hmm. And maybe in his desperation he injects himself with like some midichlorians. He's like, I'm gonna take this midichlorian pill and be powerful. And maybe he fights, he gets beat up. The, the new force kind of saves him, but it also wrecks him, and then he flees, whatever, right? He, mm-hmm. That's how he gets away with the force, because he does something, whatever. That at least gives next season to be like, oh no, now the whole thing is now he's becoming a Sith force user, right? And we gotta something, stop yeah. it, and then we, whatever Jedi that they contacted, he's now one of their main characters for next year, because now they're going after a force user type of thing. Something like that, yeah. So I can see how Gideon. See, in order for Gideon to stay, he cannot be the same yeah. as he was. He almost has to like upgrade himself or something. But... Right, like he, yeah. the the um, not the goals, the the uh, the stakes of the season need to increase if the characters stay the same. Right, or you just Gideon just dies and everything is whatever it is, and then next season it de-escalates like we have a de-escalation between season one and season two. Right. And he has a simple journey of like, let's say a Jedi doesn't even show up. He goes after Gideon. Um, he doesn't do anything with silly force powers. He's just you know imperial, and he gets shot, and they save the kid, and they go off. And at the last thing, you know, Grogu basically goes unconscious and you get the feeling that he's talking to the same person he talked to like on the stones type of thing yeah. and that's your cliffhanger like oh he's talking to a jedi so like the whole next season is not about chasing gideon or avoiding gideon or looking through gideon's passion to find the kid anymore like that's gone it's now like trying to find a place for grogu right well I, and, I and then i think we also need to keep him track and i know we're going to talk about it more on our regular weekly podcast but with all the new uh, star wars material that disney announced at the investors presentation two of the new shows 
Rangers of the New Republic and Ahsoka are taking place in the Mando universe timeline and everything. So, you know, some of what gets built through Mando can also then extend into those shows. And I could also see them, you know, maybe at the end of those, they might be limited series. At the end of it, there's almost like a big movie with all three shows coming together or something like that. So that'll probably play, a, you know, what happens with some of these characters? Do they go into some of those other shows and, and things like that needs to get built out? You so. got to keep it local. They can't go grand because the sequels ruin everything. Right. You, you can, you can yeah. not. Dave Filoni has to learn his lesson and he can't create another Ahsoka. Because Ahsoka was never in the sequels, and these characters that they're building up, you know, these major flashpoints and events, if they mm-hmm. become major flashpoints, but were never discussed in sequels. Not right. that the sequels discussed anything anyway, but <laughs> if there was like a major power shift, like at least they would have told us a little bit about the history between. I don't know. Well, I'm going on a tangent at this point. Uh, we're about to hit the 30 minute mark, and I think that's yep. a good place to end this. Um, any other things that I might have missed that you wanted to bring up about this episode? No, I mean, I think there are some good lines. You know, I, I, I left when, you know, when they're talking about who's going to go in and Boba's like, uh, I think they might recognize my face. Ah, yes, Since obviously every original Stormtrooper looks exactly like him. And uh, so that was good. And I think, you know, one other character development that I saw was once he took his, once Matt Din took his, his helmet off, he seemed so um, not confident. Right. He like he was like flubbing his line, like he didn't know what to say. And blah, blah. whereas when he's got that mask on, that almost like gives him his confidence. So I thought that was a little bit interesting to follow as well. And, you know, what really makes him who he is and how he how he needs to build up his his confidence as himself, not as a, just as a Mandalorian. So that was Star Wars is all about heroes and villains wearing masks and helmets something that we all know about, especially in the uh, The Last Jedi where Kylo Ren bashes his helmet because you're a child. What are you doing still wearing another thing? So anyway, um, one of my least favorite episodes this season, still enjoyed the heck out of it. It's always like, I've seen a lot of people doing that where they kind of rank it and it's like towards the bottom, but it's like, but like even a bad Mando episode is still really good. <laughs> exactly. It's like I loved watching every minute of it, but and it might be the second worst episode, but whatever. Yeah, but it's still great. <laughs> yeah, of course. So we're gonna try to get this out tomorrow, and then record our normal episode again yep. a couple a day late. I think we did that last week as well. Yeah. So excuse me, forgive me, but there's a lot to talk about, and we're gonna have a great episode next week. It's gonna be a news heavy and reactionary type of uh, podcast. Yep. We'll go from there. Thanks for listening, everybody. And have a good one. Take care. Take care.